Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my wonderful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitev. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we are excited to talk to you all about planning 2019 like a product boss. Mic drop. Um, two of my favorite things, planning and making goals, you know, like it's so exciting getting in this time of year and thinking about what's to come. I think that our year is going to be pretty darn epic. What do you think, lady? Oh yeah. It's already shaping up to be like the response to joining (laughs) the mastermind has been incredible. So we're really excited, but we really want to work with you today on planning 2019 like a product boss. And you guys, as an exciting as our holiday present to all of you, this is going to be a free downloadable. So the link will be below in the show notes and you can actually only get that here. So click on that link in the show notes and you can get everything we talk about in written out form. And this is something that we've actually shared with our in-person mastermind that we did in Southern California. We brought them these sheets and really did like a quick masterclass on it. So we're excited to share it with all of you right now too. Yeah. Two super important things. One is revenue goals and second is creating your highly effective day. So when I was thinking about the name of this, at first I put highly productive day And then I thought, I mean, not all productive things are effective, right? So Mm -hmm. I think the highly effective really hits the nail on the head for the real 2019 progress that we want to make. So Mina came up with the M's of a highly (laughs) effective day. Yes. Number one, listen to Mina. (laughs) So no, that's not one of the M's. Um, It's it's, it's on my M's. So um, she talks about motivation that you need to incorporate self-care. So let's talk, let's break this down. So let's talk about um, the M's of your highly effective day and maybe what your morning routine would look like. Yeah. So this is morning routine. So you really want to be focusing on yourself in your morning routine. This is you know, you could call it your morning routine or your morning ritual. And the three M's there would be meditation, movement, and mental prep. So in the morning, you're prepping for the rest of the day. So this is where you're asking yourself, what are my MITs? Yeah, another M, you guys. So what are your most important tasks? So did you know that Suri uses that terminology now? She calls her most important, her MITs, most important tasks. And she'll say it just normal because I'm creating a little product boss over here with my eight-year-old daughter here, you guys. (laughs) So that's the mental prep part. That's the morning routine. So you get up and you meditate or wake up in silence like I do. You try to incorporate some sort of movement. um, And that's just to get your mind and body going. And then you have your mental prep, which is when you're thinking about your most important tasks. 
Then after your morning routine, you slowly move into your business hours. So this might be after you drop off the kids or after you, you know, shoo them off to school. And so this is when you're executing your most important tasks. And when you're thinking about your most important tasks, this is maybe one to three high value action items. So is this moving the needle forward in your business? If it's not, then it's not important. (laughs) It's not a most important task, right? So I feel like, you know, how you always talk about how you do the gratitude journal, the five minute gratitude journal. So in there you say, what is that question? Like, um, what did you do well today or what went well? One is like, what would make today great? And then then it's, uh, what's something great that happened today? And like, what would make to, you know, what would have made it better? Yeah. So what's something that you did that was great today. So that would be the one to three items that you could put in that section. Like if you did this one most important task, one to three high value action items, you would definitely fill that out in a cinch, you know, like it would be super easy. And a lot of times that's not checking your email, right? So a lot of times the first thing we do is check our email or check social media. And that's a time suck. Like that's going to pull you somewhere else. So it might even be that you sit down and you write your, your like the first thing you do when you sit at your desk is that you write down your your to-dos for that day, like the things that really need to be done and maybe your top three things that have to get done today. And you can divide out like when that's actually going to happen in your day. So maybe it doesn't all happen in the morning. You know, maybe you have to ship and that's in the Mm -hmm. afternoon, but you can note that plan for it and then get into your emails eventually. Yeah. And, and emails just are not needle moving. (laughs) No. You know, this is something that will probably affect your bottom line if you add it all up for those one to three tasks that you're getting done every single day. So after your business hours, these are your life hours. So we're moving into another M of your highly effective day. Your life hours are when you focus on your MVPs or MIPs, as I'm calling them, which are your most important people. So they could be your friends, your family, your kids, any of those people that really fill your cup up. And then that's the life hours. So that's after the business hours and maybe you're picking up your kids and you're able to focus on them and be present. Picking up my kids does not always fill up my cup. I got to be honest. <laughs> well, you're focusing on them. So they have to be picked up by somebody. So uh, this is when your mind shift goes into spending time with them. You know, you shut off your business hours, you're, you've gotten your most important tasks done and you're moving on to, you know, uh, the why, you know, why are you doing all this hard work? It's those, and who? yeah, and those important people that are in your life. So, so speaking of teaching, you know, entrepreneurial things, my son often is like, mom, do you have to work again? And it's really hard to explain to him why work takes me away from him. Right. Even though he doesn't understand, I work out of our house and there's other parents that, you know, have to go further, go away and whatnot. So I told him that. So we went on our, we went on a Disney cruise and I was like, Oliver, this is why mommy works so hard so that we can do things like this. We can go on a Disney cruise, you know, in the middle of whatever, November. And he said to me this morning, as he's walking, he's like, mom, can you keep working so we can go on another Disney cruise? <laughs> Get over there and work. When we, earn me a Disney cruise. Meanwhile, I'm like, literally, I'm like, today I was like, I'm going to sit in the passenger seat and I'm going to actually walk him into school because sometimes I'll drive and James will walk him in because we both go out and take our kids to school. It's like, all right, cool. So like now he understands like that exchange rate. You work yeah. really hard or you work, you make your money and then you can spend it. 
Yeah. And that's the filling up the cup part, right? So in your life hours, as you're breaking down your highly effective day, it goes from morning routine to business hours to life hours. This is when you're living your life, you know, and focusing on those MIPs or MVPs or however, you know, they're all M's. So that's the nice part of remembering this. (laughs) And then we move into your night routine. So your night routine is very similar to your morning routine. Remember is meditation, movement, and mental prep. Well, this is where it's meditation, movement, and mental purge. So every night is so nice to do a brain dump because your head will be spinning with so many ideas. Quick start over there is probably coming up with her next, you know, 10 items. Um, (laughs) I took the trash out last night and thought about my neighbors, waved to one and said, I should make them candles for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Not buy them. (laughs) Teach myself and make them. She's now a candle maker. And then I said, I'm going to put a pin in that one. (laughs) Yeah. So mental purge. And this is just because you're, you know, this might be in the form of the five minute journal, like what Jacqueline does. But for me, it's literally figuring out what my MITs are. So that mental prep in the morning, I'm able to get to execute immediately instead of having to think about it right then I'm prep, you know, purging it the night before and thinking about, Hey, this might be it. This might be it. Hey, maybe I feel like in the morning it actually turns into the other one because that's what I feel like doing. Right. Right. So, um, you can just gauge what you feel up to. And so again, that's meditation, movement, and mental purge. And so you might do, my daughter and I used to do bedtime yoga and just go into YouTube and type in bedtime yoga. <laughs> and, and then we'll do that together. And we haven't done that lately. We need to bring that back, but um, that's the movement part, right? And then um, the meditation part would be just like the silence part of quiet time and feeling um, like you're cleaning off your plate before it becomes filled up again for the next day. Movement could even be connecting with your spouse in whatever way you want to quote unquote connect. You know, it could, it's just about like moving your body, but also the connection and then meditation. It doesn't also have to be ohm. It could be sort of like that reflection. So I talk about the five minute journal, but where you're reflecting on the day, like you're reflecting on what's, what good has happened, what would have made it better. Um, and the mental purge I like, and something that I was told over here as quick start is like sleep on something. So instead of me, cause you know, the way that I work is that like, I could be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do candles. I could go home, start researching candles and spend all that time on it. So it's really what I've decided to is like, great. That's a great idea. I'm going to sleep on it. And if tomorrow I feel still just as strongly about it, then I can, you know, perhaps take that on as a project. Yeah. And, and laying out this highly effective day really is about when you, how you stay motivated. So one of the things that I put on this sheet is if you're feeling in a slump, you don't focus on staying motivated. You focus on maintenance. So it's really about, not feeling up, I guess you would call it up and inspired. Um, this is something being a creative person, you know, there's times when you feel like in that creative mode, you feel up and so inspired and you feel motivated, but there's times when you just don't have that same gusto and oomph, you know, and that's when you look at maintaining and just maybe not being so focused on things that are unimportant, you know? And so then you get through that little slump and then you get back into it and then try to work your routine back in there again. So I had jotted some down some mantras. Should we go over some of these mantras? What do you think? So uh, my always mantra that I always say, I am capable of doing hard things. I am capable of doing hard things. 
Um, should we go back and forth? Yeah. Um, okay. So next <laughs> I am focused and present in all of my interactions. I am made for magic. I am releasing old behaviors that no longer serve me. It is safe for me to share my authentic self. I am calm and mindful. I'm compassionate with others and myself. I am grateful for this day's opportunities. Money flows to me easy, frequently, and abundantly. So these are all things you can definitely change. So like another one, like it is safe for me to make money. It is safe for me to succeed. You can change these to whatever you think that that, you know, that mantra or that affirmation needs to be for you. And um, these are just some examples that we might share with you, but everybody has their own, their own thing that they need. And they may, they might need to say like, I am beautiful, you know, or I am worthy or I am enough. Actually, I am enough is a good one. Um, especially when you feel pulled in so many directions. So find what works for you and try and repeat it to yourself. And if you need to put it on a post-it on your computer, um, on your desk, on your fridge, whatever it is, just try and remind yourself of it gently. Yeah. I think a really good one is my voice matters. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to feel like your voice matters when so many people are talking about so many things, but your voice does matter. So if you repeat that to yourself over and over, then you just get up there and you're just like, okay, I can crank out this Insta story video and feel like I might reach out to at least one person, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are the components, the M's of a highly effective day. I'm trying to come up with a cute, catchy thing for like Mina's, Mina's minute wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> Mina's M. <laughs> So then we're going to jump into, so like planning 2019, like a boss one, we get a lot of questions and that's sort of why we came up with this effective day was a lot of people just don't know how to do it all, or they don't feel like they can do it all. Or like in our Q and a um, episodes that we did uh, this past few weeks where the questions were, how do I have a full-time job and be a mom and be a wife and um, have this product business? And so we really wanted to just sort of lay some groundwork. Some of this might work for you. Some of it may not, but just some ideas for you on having a day and how to sort of block this out. But it's the self-care. I think the self-care side of it. Um, the other thing that we really think is important for you is planning your revenue goals like a product boss for 2019. Um, so we're going to jump into that. Yeah. Revenue is so important, right? Not just making money and then spending it all. You know, it has to be net and not gross. This is something where you see, oh, I made seven figures, but also spent seven figures. That doesn't matter if there's no money coming into the household and helping you, you know, maintain your sanity and the lifestyle that you are working so hard for. Yep. So one thing that we want you guys to think about, if you're just going to talk about your time and your ideal, um, you know, like your ideal revenue that you're going to get. And then also thinking about how you can have an effective day. You also want to think about actual dates to track by. So if you listen to this podcast, you know that Mina is really good with dates. Um, her 15th is her tax day, which is actually when she pays taxes to herself and gets a massage. Um, in my company, for example, you know, I bill first and 15th. I, on the 15th is when I expect my bookkeeper to send me my reports for me to take a look at um, for the month before. So there's dates, right? The 25th of the month is when I give my dog his flea and tick medicine. Okay. So like, <laughs> there's, there's certain dates that stick out. So we want you to set dates 
also that you track your goals. So, Mina, what day is it that you check um, like our stats and our, what day is that? On the 15th. So before I used to think, oh gosh, I, it would be nice to have a different date. But then I realized on those massage dates, I guess I could track these you know, statistics and it would be fine. Our podcast episodes come out every Thursday and I found it easiest to just think of Thursdays as the days that we're churning out content and also the 15th of every month when we're tracking stuff. So like when I send out emails um, for even for low labels, it's on Thursdays just because I don't, you know, it's just like, oh, having to think of the date and the time and all this stuff. Well, you know, it's just easier just to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to keep to the schedule and um, my mind is already within this rhythm and this routine. Yeah. Your mind is thinking about that and not yeah. something else that you're, that you're needing to do. Um, so first I want you to just think about actual dates to track if you've met your goals. So if something monthly, you guys do want to be checking on your businesses monthly and there might be something like your inventory, checking your inventory once a month, checking numbers once a month, picking a day for that to happen. It may or may not be the same day because sometimes counting out inventory or tracking it uh, is a whole other thing. Um, and then you might even have a quarterly time that you check if your goals have been met. And then obviously we end up towards the end of the year to see, but you want to start thinking about those dates. Then when you talk about your yearly revenue goal, what I'd like you to think about is like, what would you like to hit? So an example we use is like, okay, I want to make $60,000 in 2019 on my product. Great. Then what would I need to make per quarter? Well, I'd have to make $15,000 per quarter to hit $60,000 annually. All right. Well, what would that work out to? I need to make $5,000 per month to make $15,000 per quarter to make $60,000 annually. So if you break these down into bite-sized pieces, when you say 60,000, okay, that might be overwhelming. You say 100,000, you say 1 million, whatever it ends up being, it's big. Then you want to bite-size it out to smaller goals. So how do you then break that down into monthly, right? So that's about, you know, a little bit over like $1,000 a week that you should be selling. Do that. Can you do it? And how do you get there? Um, same thing would be the other option is if you have something that is seasonal, for example, I'll just talk about little labels, right? So Mina, like Mina says that her slow months, when are your slow months and when are your busy months? Um, my busy months are like May, June, and July, August, basically. Okay. So when you know, like your seasonal product, or let's say for her, like back to school and, um, camp or something as a big time, or maybe you're selling something at Christmas, like holiday ornaments, and you know, your time is the end of the year. So if your annual goal is still that $60,000 annual goal, you can see what your slow months would be versus your busy months. So maybe within your busy months, you might decide that your busy months, you got five of those. You might be making $7,100 per month in those five busy months, and you only need to make $3,500 per month for those seven slow months. So you basically cut that more or less in half of what you need to make in your slow months versus your busy months, and you'll still hit that same goal. So sometimes it's hard to take a step back and watch the normal flow of your business. Or if you're in your first or second year, you may not have a lot of numbers to compare to. Um, but if you break it down in these smaller chunks and you're like, okay, it's my slow month, but I know it's going to get busier. I just need to hit this amount. And sometimes your goals might surpass anything you've ever dreamt of. And that money could even carry over into your slow months. Yeah. Um, this is just an exercise in working backwards because it's so hard to envision I need to make, in this case, $60,000 a year. 
But is it realistic or not? You don't know until you've broken it down. I find it easier when you're in your busy months to be busier than it is to push busyness into your slow months. So that's a great way to break it down is by slow versus busy. But either way, you know that whether or not you've hit a goal. So you're breaking it down and then you're putting like a check mark, let's say next to January or whatever. And a lot of times like sales will go down during holidays if it's something that doesn't have to do with it. Like, you know, let's say it's back to school, but you have a Christmas product. Obviously that's not your busy season. And then you don't freak out that your sales are slower, you know, and it helps you mentally keep on going because you're like, okay, this is my slow season. So it's no big deal. I just know that, you know, what's typical is let's say $3,500 versus $7,100. And then you're able to look at that and see, okay, my goal is met for this month and I can just calm down and try to do other most important tasks that will push my business forward um, and make it even more busy for the following season. Yeah. So like if you're doing a planner, for example, when is the biggest time of year that people buy planners? Probably starting around now as they're starting to plan out. And then when you see it like in stores in January and eventually planners go on sale, right? Especially when you start to edge into the months and you're losing months in those dates in the year or um, calendars. So you know when your busy times are, you know when it, when it dips down and you know, like you could do like 80% of your business in three, four months of the year. Um, and that's okay. So the other thing we want you to think about is it's not just, so you figure out the numbers, right? Then you have to figure out how to get to those numbers. So it's also about um, the units sold and where you're selling them. So when you're thinking about your goal, I'm just going to go back up to that normal model if we were just making consistently $5,000 a month to make $60,000 a year. You have to think about your product. So your revenue goal should consist of like the number of units sold per product, per platform, per package bundle and per season, right? So thinking about your products, how many of, how many units of each product do you have to sell to hit a certain amount? I remember when I launched Cuffs Couture and I was like, in my business plan, I was like, to make a million dollars, I only have to sell 7,000 cuffs at the like average rate that it was at. I was like, 7,000 cuffs? That doesn't seem that hard to make a million dollars, you know? And then I had to figure out, okay, great. Now I've got different price points. How do I sell them? Who do I sell them to do I have minimums? Um, what's going to do better? What season am I doing the active ones for? Um, you know, January is when active wear and stuff like that when people are getting back in shape. That's when a lot of that type of stuff is going to sell. Versus like, when are people going out and celebrating and don't want to bring their purse? So um, you could also break it down like that. Yeah, and then you could get your strategy ready for those really good selling items. Like let's say your one cuff, which normally it is like 80% of your revenue will come from 20% of your products. So let's say your best selling cuff, you could add a bundle during that time, which makes the price point go up or the transaction price go up because you're doing a bundle that has it with something else. So you're not just thinking about number of units, you're thinking about you know, it's a different margin, different price point because it's a different bundle. So that $60,000 annual goal is broken down, but it's not as like, hey, I just have to sell 7,000 cuffs. It might be, I have to sell, you know, 5,000 cuffs and then 2,000 or 1,000 bundles or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same thing with like, um, 
little labels. Like I've bought it on Amazon. Um, I buy all of Mina's products on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And at back to school time, you were actually sold out of your individual labels. And the only thing I could get on Amazon was your bundle. And I got the clothing labels and baby bottle labels together in a bundle. So you automatically had me pay more at the time, not you specifically, but your business. Oh, me. Me. <laughs> like everything was sold out on purpose, but it was, um, just kidding. But, um, but the bundle was available. It was more expensive, but then I ended up using it by the way. Like I've used those clothing labels on so many things. So it's actually good that I ended up getting it. Um, but that was a bundle. So as, as you're pricing out your product or thinking about your sales goals, you know, on average, how many people buy individual bottle labels, how many people buy individual clothing labels, and then these bundles that you put together. And I'll bet you're more into your bundles around in your high season than you are in other times. Um, I make them more readily available yeah. for sure. Um, that's when I come out with like every type of variation of a bundle you can ever imagine in your life that you'll ever need of the labels. Just because you never know, like somebody might need transportation and they might need animal print design, you know, like they have a girl and a boy. So that's when I do make it readily available because in the instance that one inventory is really slow, that's what happened. And they didn't get um, put into a warehouse in time. Then the option for them to buy something else is really easy. Like they're just like, you know, it's an easy choice. So in, you know, in Jacqueline's case, she was like, okay, I'll just buy this bundle, right? It's not a whole different product with a whole different idea behind it. So it makes that decision a lot easier because they're so similar. So the goal is easier met because you're just doing variations on stuff that you know that will sell um, instead of coming out with new products all the time. And that's something we always coach on. Like just make your bundles something that you already offer, but just slightly different. And it makes your job a lot easier too. Because it does take a lot of money to develop new products. So product development will cost money, right? So if you know something that's doing really well and you can do an iteration of it, then I would do that. So what we like to just say is that as you're planning out your revenue goals to break it up. So again, if you're a seasonal item, what's going to do better in the seasons? Um, If you're doing package bundles, let's just say you're selling, like we talk about Zulily a lot, like maybe you're selling to Zulily, you're selling to Amazon, you're selling on your own website. Um, Knowing like how much you sell on each, you might be selling way more product at a cheaper price on Zulily, but you might be bringing in $100,000 a month even, you know, like if it was like a really big uh, brand and you had a really great business with them. Um, And so you might be selling way more units, making less money per unit, but you're bringing in a lot of money. Um, Versus if you're selling on your website, you might be selling, you know, you might be making more money and selling less units because you've got a, a better markup. So just looking at all of your ways. Right. The margin in being translated to the the revenue goal, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it makes a big difference per product, per platform, per package bundle, per season. It's not just about the number of units. Um, you can get creative with it for sure. And then try to meet those goals in different ways. In those busy seasons, that's maybe when you focus on Instagram or Facebook ads um, versus in your off season, that might be when you do blog posts that you know are long-term instead. And you might be saving your money then, right? So you might be making less money, saving it, not investing it into marketing and holding it for when you when you should be promoting your product because your stuff doesn't have to be promoted year-round. Right. Um, so when you're planning out your 2019 
like a product class. We want you to think about your own self-care. There's a lot of talking about treat yourself, um, self-care, and how to keep you going because you are the ultimate product boss. You are the boss of your business and you are the person who is keeping it tugging along most likely um, as the head of your company. And then also thinking about money. So just breaking it down into small bites that are easily digestible and that you can wrap your head around and then you could really focus on that. So if we're going to go back to that $5,000 revenue goal and you have multiple platforms and multiple products or packages, it makes it a lot easier to... to figure out how to sell that $5,000 worth of product um, to get to your goal. So break it out into little baby steps. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think it's so much easier than saying, gosh, I'm looking back on 2018 and I really wanted to make $60,000, but I didn't get there. Well, you know, for 2019, if you say the same thing, oh, I want $60,000 and here's how I've broken it down and here's how I'm going to keep track of it. And here's the MITs I am doing every single day, you know, in my highly effective day towards that revenue goal. It all adds up to tracking it more. So when you need to add in the occasional flash sale or add on a platform or create a different bundle or launch a new product, it makes more sense because instead of loosely saying, oh, I really wanted to make $60,000, but you know, I'm not even sure I tried to sell as many number of units as I could and I didn't make it. Yeah. And so it's funny, actually, as we're talking about this, I have my, my drawer open in my desk and I have, I'm showing Mina, I've got this like little yellow paper. So last year I did this for my, my business. Um, so this ACC, cause I was trying to figure out how to like break down my business cause I was actually completely shifting it. So the product as a service I was offering was different. So I had a revenue goal that I wanted to reach in a year. I've by the way, surpassed it. Like by far surpassed it with a very different outcome. But what I what I broke it down to was like I needed four of my highest clients, six middle tier clients, two a month of like my strategy session clients. I had VIP days built in. I actually said group coaching. So this is something to to look at too. So once I did it, I looked at to, in group coaching, I would have had to sell to 50 people a year to make I don't know, a quarter of the revenue I wanted to make, right? 50 people a year versus only needing four of my biggest clients. So I was able to actually look at that product and how much effort would go into selling my group coaching versus my higher end client and how much easier is it for me to get four higher paying clients than for 50 people paying less and retaining them for a year. So there's so many different mixes and bundles and creative ways, but and looking at your effort, like you said in the yeah. last episode, you're like, is it even worth the effort? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to come out with something new or you've got this idea for a launch, it's like, well, is it worth that effort or what's working right now that you can keep going on? So when you, when you had mentioned like 60, okay, I didn't hit 60,000 in 2018. I'm going to hit it. Or how am I going to hit it in 2019? You can also then, if you do have that time track, cause a lot of you are startups, a lot of you are within your first year. Some of you have been in business for years but if you have the ability to look back a year or some months and see how you were doing and how you're performing, you may be able to project. And then you can actually think about how can I actually make it better? What was working for me in September of 2018? And what can I do differently in September of 2019? Like, how can I really improve on that? What was selling well? Okay, this is selling well. Great. This is what I have to really push or something similar. And I was selling really well on this platform. Awesome. I need to get on that platform more. I just coached a client on that. 
she's coming up with all sorts of things. And I was like, how much money did you make on that one platform? And they're having you sell again? Yes. Then that's all you need to focus on right now. Just keep building the business on that platform. Yeah. And then when you've optimized like crazy on that platform, you can move to another platform in your slow season. And then that way, when you're busy, you'll be bonkers busy. And that's the goal. Yeah. Testing it out when you don't, because you also don't want to pull yourself away or like underperform on a platform because right. if there's I, buyers, you're out. Yeah. So like, this is a thing. If you're ever collaborating with somebody that's going to be integral in your brand of making it different or whatever, do it in your good season. So that way you can show them, yeah, I did sell this amount and you delivered basically. So make sure you're not doing it too. Like, oh, like for me, I could say, hey, I'm going to collaborate with all these people in December because I'm trying to lift up my slow season. But then I won't be able to deliver my end of the sales because people are not buying labels during Christmas. They're buying toys and gifts and things like that. So what I really should do is say, hey, let's wait until May. It's camp season. And I know we'll do both do really well. And that that way you're able to do the best that you can in the season that you can because you're utilizing that knowledge of your product and then making sure you can deliver with that person. And it can only lead to amazing things. Yep. A hundred percent. So we are wishing you all luck in 2019. An epic 2019. I think it's going to be great. Like the years are just getting better. And I think 2019 is going to be great for for all of you. And we are here to support you through it and to keep building this community and to like really be with you every step of the way. So we really appreciate the time you give us in your ears as you're packaging, shipping. What else have people told us lately <laughs> they've been doing? There's been a lot of people tagging us on Instagram, listening yeah. to the podcast while doing whatever for their business. Picking up their kids, just so many things. I think... Because we have a few people that are still, that are making their products or some piece of their products, like the beginning part, then um, they just listen to podcasts and we're, we're right there with them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we're probably the funniest of the groups. <laughs> <laughs> or so we think. Yeah, I know. So thank you everyone um, for listening to this episode. We have a few more really fantastic ones coming for you and we can't wait to also share with you in 2019. And we're just really proud of you. We want you all to know that you've taken such risks and and to be an entrepreneur and a product-based entrepreneur is not an easy path. And we're proud of you and we support you. Yes, 100%. Love that. (laughs) Talk to you all soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey guys. And just one quick reminder, have you downloaded the M's of an effective, a highly effective day. And have you downloaded your revenue goals? Well, guess what? We have it for free right here for you. Just click on the link in the show notes and they are there for you to use and hopefully plan 2019 like a product boss. And also if you haven't done so already, make sure to check out the productboss.com slash mastermind. We are quickly filling up our groups and we are so excited to say we have three groups we're launching in January. We have a startup group, a five figure group and a six figure group for product-based entrepreneurs to mastermind with us. Spots are limited. So please check it out and let us know if you have any questions and we'd love to work with you. Thanks everyone. Hey there. 
still here? We want to invite you to our 2019 Mastermind, which starts in January. We've opened it up to three groups now to better serve our masterminders in startup, five-figure, and six-figure and above. We would love to have you in there to help transform your business into the product business of your dreams. Join other amazing product entrepreneurs for support, shortcuts, and real connection. Go to www.theproductboss.com slash mastermind for more information and to save your spot.